Pulp Fiction covers themes that may not be suitable for all listeners. Episodes may feature true events tied into fictional stories. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Story 1 of Pulp Fiction, a podcast by Public. This is Salt Creek, Episode 3. By the time the girls returned from the surf, Roman had cleaned up all the glass and managed to smooth the sand around the campsite erasing all evidence of his struggle. Hey Roman, said Eliz, walking up to the table with an empty bottle of red wine in her hand. Her cheeks were flushed, her eyes bright. It's funny what a near miss can do for a person's complexion, Roman thought. Hey Liz, he responded with his eyes on the sand, visibly searching for his next words. How are you feeling? He asked. Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks again for what you did. You really saved my life there. Eliz responded. In his head, the voice began laughing in low, creepy tones. Roman let out a small chuckle himself. No worries. Don't mention it. Would either of you like another drink? Eliz nodded her head eagerly. Lana waved her hand at Roman, dismissing the idea. I don't think I can drink another drop, she said, her words slurring a little at the edges. Red wine, empty stomach, I... She hiccuped. I might go lay down in the car, out of the sun, if that's alright with you. Roman nodded. Of course that's alright. We can play with the Brazilian one first, the voice said. Yeah, no worries. Did you want to water or anything? He asked trying to act concerned. He wasn't, though. He was more excited. His heart was beating at a thousand miles a minute, the nerves at what he knew he was going to have to do. Lana shook her head, gave him a weak smile with her eyes half-closed, and began trudging through the sand back towards the car. Roman turned back to Eliz, unsure of what to say, so he pulled out another wine bottle and poured them both a glass. While Eliz gulped down her wine, Roman took sips. And after roughly an hour had passed, she had consumed four glasses to his one. They had finished all the wine and Eliz was well and truly drunk now, laughing at all of his jokes. You won't be laughing won't soon, be laughing slut. slut. The voice whispered after every giggle. So what is there to do at night here? Do many people stay around here? She asked. Fuck. And kill, the voice whispered. Uh, not, not really. It's more a, uh, in-the-know kind of destination. Locals do come here to fish, though, he responded. Okay, she said, nodding her head and shuffling in her chair. And when it gets dark, what do you do? Roman wasn't really sure how to answer the question. He didn't know what she meant. You need to take her away from here. 
Go for a walk. Take her into the dunes. Split him up. The voice said. Um, not really. You can fish at night too, I guess. Usually I'll just have a few beers or something and then have a, an early night, he said, stumbling a little over his words. Get her away from here. Take her into the dunes, somewhere downwind. The fat one won't hear her screams downwind, the voice suggested, more insistent this time. What we can do now, though, I mean, he swallowed down his nerves. We can go for a walk. Maybe see if we can spot some ruse. Good boy, whispered the voice. Liz gasped and her eyes went wide with excitement. There are kangaroos around here, she asked. Yep, said Roman with a chuckle. Let's go. You silly bitch, said the voice. The pair began wandering the dunes, chatting about kangaroos as they went. It was mostly a Liz asking questions about how big they were, how they managed to stay balanced, that kind of thing. The whole time, the voice was screaming at Roman, telling him to keep going, telling him to keep the bitch talking. During moments of silence, he would probe into where the voice was coming from. If he was asked, he'd be able to point at where he heard it, the back left side of his brain. He tried to enter that place, to feel it out, but back there was only darkness and one single letter, etched into the back in a bright neon green, like when you close your eyes after glancing at the sun. The letter was a solid T. Roman. Roman! Liz was standing in front of him, hands on his shoulders. His eyes were glazed. She shook him once more. Now, said the voice. Now, Roman uttered. He felt the tingling come over his body again. This time it centred mostly on his hands. The darkness began swimming across his brain, taking over, taking control. Sorry, mumbled Roman to a Liz as his left hand snapped up, delivering a solid blow across her face. She fell backwards into the sand so she was lying on her back, her top half supported by her elbows. What did you do that for? Her eyes narrowed, the pupils expanding so her already dark eyes turned black. One arm outstretched, Roman began to approach a girl in what looked like an attempt to help her up. She reached out with her hand and as their fingers intertwined, he squeezed. Hard. In a military-style manoeuvre, he yanked her up, twisting her arm in the process so she turned, with her back to him. He reached around, grabbing her other thin wrist. She struggled against his grip, but he was strong, and managed to work both arms behind her back, holding them in place with just one hand. It, the voice, had total control. Liz let out a squeal and tried to keep back, but she couldn't get purchase on the sand. She flailed, the pressure of her twisted arms sending shooting sparks of pain through her arms, shoulders and back. From his pocket, Roman produced a length of nylon rope. He placed his mouth behind Liz's ear and said, If you struggle, I'll kill you now. Good boy, said the voice, and for the first time ever it sounded smooth like velvet. You're doing a great job. In the car, just over 700 metres away, 
Lana snorted out a snore and turned onto her side and continued sleeping. Back in the dunes, Roman had a Liz face down in the sand, her arms secured behind her back. He flipped her over and she began yelling at him, swearing, tears pouring out of her eyes, turning her cheeks into a slick. Keep crying, you little slut. No one's going to help you, said the voice through Roman's mouth. Roman reached down to his pocket and pulled something out that was small and silver, a flip knife. He hit the button and a short blade flipped out. Eliz began squealing and flailing, louder and harder. Roman punched her once and grabbed her bound wrists, pulling her to her feet. Stay, he said, his voice a flat tone. If you run, you die. He began teasing her, trailing the knife over her breast and abdomen, letting it get caught in the fabric of her bathing suit as he dragged it along the surface of her skin. He brought it down to her hips, down to her thighs, then he stopped. What are you doing? What are you doing? The voice commanded. Roman moved in closer to a Liz, the moustache above his top lip tickling her cheek. She could feel the breath coming out of his open mouth in warm, sour puffs. He whispered to her, you know you want this. She stayed still. He took the knife and continued teasing her, but this time, Eliz noticed the angle of the blade was different, and as he stood close, so close, to her, trailing the tip of the blade over her skin, he let it catch on the ties on her hips that held her bikini bottoms together. The knife was sharp and glided through the ties like butter, and her bikini bottoms fell to the sand. He bent over and picked them up brought them to his face and inhaled deeply, throwing his head back in ecstasy. He then dropped the knife on the ground, pulled her head back and as she inhaled to scream, shoved the bottoms into her mouth. Through muffled screams, she begged him to let her go. He picked the knife back up and continued his game, teasing her with the blade. He let the knife continue upwards, gliding it lazily to her navel, then up further. Go on, go on, cut her like a pig, the voice encouraged. The knife sliced through her bikini top, which fluttered to the ground. With his rough left hand, he grabbed her breast, lowered his face to it and bit, his teeth sinking into her flesh. Pulling back, he smiled and looked her in the eyes, then said, yummy, before continuing trailing up her body with the knife, leaving tiny red lines in its wake. It was at this point Eliz realised she had to do something. The knife was heading towards her throat. She pictured it clearly. Him reaching her larynx and shoving it in, her blood spraying the sand, painting it with thick drops of red, too thick to be absorbed. Stop! She yelled, muffled by the bikini bottoms. Roman paused where he was, not removing the knife which was now poking into the flesh just underneath her collarbone. Huh? What did you say, slut? He asked. She started to say something, still muffled. He scrunched his face up, then pushed a blade back into the handle, reached up and pulled the bikini from her mouth. He threw it onto the ground. I want this, she said through hacking sobs, trying to get as much air into her lungs as she could. 
I want you. Roman furrowed his brow. Inside his head he could feel the voice turning, like it had just done a somersault. It was not happy. We need to kill her. Need to kill her. You need to do this. Need to do it doesn't matter if she wants this or not. Don't be a pussy. Liz rested her head on Roman's shoulder, committing to what she was saying. Please, let's go back to the campsite. Lana will join us. She told me how much she likes you. She's lying. You know she's lying. Don't listen to her. Rip her tit off. Rip it off with your mouth. The voice said, more agitated now. It could feel Roman shaking from its grip. Okay. Fine, said Roman, chuckling. Let's get your little friend. Let's have ourselves a threesome. He jerked Eliz around so she was standing in front of him, then using her tired arms began steering her back towards the campsite. For Eliz, the walk felt like it was taking three years. The sun was still high in the sky and felt as though her usually unexposed body parts, unused to its rays, were becoming crisp and starting to burn. Her skin stung and when she glanced down she could see thin red lines tracing where he tracked the knife over her a tiny wisp of a red spider web carved into her skin. They reached the two large dunes and as they began walking into the campsite, Elise inhaled deeply, then let out an almighty scream. In the truck, Lana sat bolt upright and quickly scrambled from where she lay onto the sand, contemplating whether she had actually heard a scream or whether it was just her mind playing tricks on her. What she saw convinced her that she was still dreaming, or having some kind of heat and alcohol-induced hallucination. She pinched the skin on her wrist. It hurt. This was no dream. She saw her friend, scratched and bruised, stark naked. There was blood dribbling down her left breast and scratches all over her legs and abdomen. She was shaking, sobbing, and one of her eyes was swollen. She began moving forward, asking... Liz, you... She didn't finish her sentence. Behind Liz was the silhouette of a large man. Lana's mind began to rush and she struggled to believe it could be the mild-mannered, admittedly strange Roman Hines. But it was. He had one fist raised, which he swiftly brought down, delivering a blow to the back of Liz's head. She tumbled to the ground, letting out a little squeak as she fell. Lana's concern turned to anger. She charged. Get your fucking hands off of her, she yelled as she ran. Lana wasn't a small girl. She was tall and broad, with thick muscular calves from years of playing soccer. Roman backed up so he was standing roughly a metre from the fallen girl. As Lana sprinted through the sand towards him, she realised he kept backing away. He turned and ran around the sand dune. Lana brushed Eliza's hair out of her face. Are you? She corrected her volume. The adrenaline was getting the better of her. You okay? What did he do to you? We need to get you out of here. She helped Eliza to her feet then began to untie the rope that secured her wrist behind her back. Once she was free, Lana hurried Eliza to one of the camping chairs and sat her down. Wait here. I'm going to get the car started and then we're getting out of here, okay? You just need to stay here. 
please. Liz nodded, her eyes were unfocused. Shock stretched across her face. Lana turned and ran around to the car, silently praying that the keys would be in the ignition. She opened the door and climbed in. The ignition was empty. No keys. Lana began to panic, pulling down the sun visors and rifling through the glove box and centre console. They were nowhere to be found. Fuck it. We'll have to walk, she muttered to herself. She hopped out of the driver's side and walked around to the rear of the car. Just as she opened the boot to get her backpack, a sharp pain cracked through the rear of her skull. Her legs turned to jelly and the world began to sway around her. And then another crack. Her world went black. To be continued. Thanks for listening. For more stories, visit www.thepublicbook.com or you can follow me on Twitter if you want. My handle is at DRopeKeyAuthor. Bye.